There it is. I'm Charles Holmes from The Ringer Music Show. And I'm Cole Kushner from Dissect. And Charles and I are teaming up to create Last Song Standing, a new show where we determine an artist's single best song by debating our way through their entire catalog. And for our first season, we're covering Kendrick Lamar. We're talking Good Kid to Pimple Butterfly, Damn, Mr. Morale, the mixtapes, the Lucy's, and the features. Listen to Last Song Standing on the Dissect podcast feed only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Listeners, welcome. This is Sound Only. I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Mike Peters. We're your Sound Only co-hosts. Here to record our deepest, darkest thoughts about the millennial lifestyle, about youth culture, about hip-hop, R&B, video games, anime. What are we talking about this week, Micah Peters? Boots and Cats music. We are talking about, we are talking about, we're talking about dance music once again this week. Um, specifically the Beyonce and Lil Silva albums. Uh, obviously we're going to be spending a little bit more time on the Beyonce (laughs) album. Uh, (laughs) just as a matter of course, but, um, Beyonce dropped her Renaissance album. Um, over the weekend and we have feelings and thoughts about it that we are going to share. We maybe even have different feelings this time. Let's do possibly up top a what's our top line like cards on the table about Beyonce's dance dance revolution. We don't have to score it. Just what's the top line? Just where are we coming from so people can brace themselves whether this could be Hateration or okay. holleration. So I like, all right, so you want to go first or should I go first? Who's I'll just go first. first What's the I, 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 okay. Here's the thing. I'm going to give you uh, a top line take and then we can get into this later in the episode. I think this album is impossible for anybody, anybody who's familiar with Beyonce music. It's impossible to listen to this album the first time 
without thinking like, I'm sorry, what the fuck is what's going on here? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's an album that I thought mm-hmm. I didn't like the first time I played it through while driving from Appleton, Wisconsin to Cleveland, Ohio, where I now live. And I, it, it's, a, it's a very different Beyonce album, especially in the context of like the last decade of Beyonce. It's a kind of disorienting mm-hmm. album. Even, even, uh, no, yeah, yeah, I, it's disorienting. I forgive anybody who first listens to this album and is like, I don't know, man. It's, but very, I like it. it like, it's, I like it's it. very disorienting for your, for the first album in six years. Then you start to think about it in the lineage of other like RB pop divas that in either of their mid to later careers made the sort of, club music turn or the disco turn or whatever yeah. maybe people that started out as soul singers uh, i don't like say uh, patrice russian diana ross leap into mine um there's like it it makes sense it's still jarring and feels like you know that my first uh, my first knee jerk reaction is like you know billionaires shouldn't get to have fun with other humans <laughs> like you've rans- like you've more or less ransomed away access to human emotions wittingly or unwittingly yeah. <laughs> but after I stopped being an asshole about it and listened to it a couple more times uh, like it's it's like it's well executed like it's 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 like well studied like there's like you know, the from the pacing to the samples to the sequencing, it's like a good, it's a well-made, it's a Beyonce album. It's well-made, obviously. It's like well-researched. She, she did her homework. Like, there's like Kevin Aviance and there's like Warren A and like Mike Q record samples and all this other shit in there. And like, there's a, there's obviously there's a bounce record that starts out with a Clark sister sample that like is also amazing. There's, it's, it still is like, you know, it's like it's well executed and it's fun and it's like there are like no skips on it for like it's, you know, if you were bringing dance music to like to like the like the cookout this summer, this would be the album that you more or less be playing. Like it, there's no skips on it. It sounds good outside. It sounds good inside. It sounds good when you're cleaning your house. But at the same time it still feels like somebody capitalizing on something that was going on already versus say like Lil Silva's Yesterday is Heavy album feels like a dance record that coalesced from 12 years worth of ideas of him having pop writing credits from everywhere in the UK funk scene to like, you know, pure bubblegum pop stuff like and have and seeding ground to people who sound correct in those spaces like not to say that like there's obviously again long history of soulful voices and dance music spaces and it's not like it sounds out of place or that it's one thing or the other it's just like you know for like at least for my money for a dance record like I'm listening to Yesterday is Heavy over over Renaissance Especially when it's just like, also, I think about other things like, say, for instance, like Aluda George came out with an album called Renaissance last year mm-hmm. and was, ha- and it had like, or, or two years ago. It was two ago. years ago. Was like, I, or maybe even 2019. Ago. It might have even been playing. Yeah, her first, so- like her yeah. first solo record 
you know, on the back end of having like all these, like, I like I remember like they're kind of like popping up with this sort of Victorian Marie Antoinette powdery face sort of like new visage image vibe thing that was like I'm presiding over like you know my island of misfit toys everybody welcome in we're doing dance music now like and it and like there were like the raves that she threw with like Bambi and then like you know they'd have like all of her friends they had their faces painted and it felt like you know a welcoming in of like all of this it just felt like gathering in like and kind of participating in what like the thing means whereas like Beyonce is like a voice from the mountaintop yeah, that like you yeah. know strikes earth like an asteroid every every half decade or whatever and it just doesn't like it's just kind of like you can't imagine where where she's listening to this music or like where <laughs> she's doing like you know things like this I mean like which is you know, take take it or, you know, take that for what it is. Like, you get to project what you want onto it, imagine what you want about it. It it satisfies a lot of different spaces that already listen to her music, maybe even panders to them. Like, but it works, which I, like, you know, I can't discount. Because again, like, you know, she's been doing pop music for as almost as long as I've been alive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, well, okay, on that note, though, it's sort of, it, when we talk about this album being disorienting, even though it still sounds, as you said, like a Beyonce album, right? It's like, look, people who who don't remember Beyonce and, and Destiny's Child, like, basically, people, people who weren't fans of Beyonce, either by dint of age or their background or whatever, who weren't listening to Beyonce before Halo, right? Like, Beyonce... Mm -hmm from Halo onward in a lot of different forms is, you know, it's like Beyonce has made a lot of what uh, a friend of mine who won't be named just because we're dealing with the Bayhive on this episode, right? Called like songwriter camp music. You know what I mean? Like Halo through basically like the last couple Beyonce projects, right? It's like she has a lot of, yeah, she has like some up tempo or some like dancey stuff, but Beyonce albums are also defined by her having this sort of big, sangin', slower sort of like that kind of Beyonce. Yeah, hit. I mean, like they got the they got the record on there. They snuck it in there. The plastic on the sofa, <laughs> yeah. like uh, like is, you know, you won't turn, you won't skip it, right? Like you won't turn it off, you know. But this album Even is way might... more not that. It's way more just like dance, dance, revolution, man. It's just, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Like, um, I mean, like, you'd have to be dead not to have a good time listening to it. Like, yeah. it's, it is like, it's a, like, it's a good, fun album. Yeah. And also to your point, so like your point about it, like it arguably being a kind of um, an easy move or like a pandering move. It's sort of like, I don't know, when I first listened to it, it's like, there's this sense of which, okay, remember when you were opening the pod and you're like, her first album in six years, right? And that's how a lot of people mm -hmm. have framed it. And, and part of me is like, man, we just like erasing the Carter's album and the Lion King bullshit, which says like, something. It says like, something that we really, just like, because I mean, like, it, <laughs> like, but honestly, you know, to your point, 
Um, the way that both of those albums just kind of were like, you know, production camps that yeah. like, you know, I'm signing my name on it at the end. Like, it's just yeah. very, like this album can start to feel like that in places. Like, for instance, I think I was texting you about Cozy, like, which is like yeah, one of yep. like my favorite records on the album. And like, still though, it's it's like the same sensation as like your your mom doing like an Instagram challenge when it's like you know might I suggest you don't fuck with my sis? But that line is like you know kind of it's like oh, you know you always talk about a woman's timelessness and not her age, but like a line like that will make you Google it. You know what I mean? Well, mm-hmm. think about Googling it. Mm-hmm. There's, I like it's it's just also like you know there's that there there are those like bouts of like awkwardness in the in, like in the album. I will also I will say though that like this is maybe like the least awkward she's like sounded talking about like her inner you know, romantic slash sexual life with JC. Yeah, Maybe it's just yeah. like I wasn't reeling from blood force imagery as I would be normally. <laughs> um, well, I think that's a real, I think that's a real thing, right? Because I think on something like Lemonade, right? It's because, again, Beyonce, I think up until this album, uh, I don't, you know what it is? Like when I first was listening to this new album, Renaissance, right? The first time I listened through, I was sort of like, huh, the the writing on this album, like maybe the songs pop off, right? But like Beyonce albums often feel like they're written again in this very deliberate sort of diaristic way. And almost none of it, there aren't diaristic songs in Renaissance, right? Like everything feels like almost to a fault, right? Because it feels like the songs, the songwriting sometimes like, I don't know, lyrics on this song happen in quips and they happen in like fits and starts and spurts, right? Whereas on other Beyonce albums, you there is more room to kind of settle in to whatever kind of narrative she's painting on a song, right? And at first yeah. I was like, oh, that's a bad thing about this album, right? It feels less diaristic. It feels less like a kind of immersive Beyonce album. And then I think the more I listen to it, the more I arrive to what you just described, right? Which is like, there's, I don't know, there's, there's, I don't feel like I ever get bogged down in how much I generally don't care about the inner lives of celebrities and care about the narrativization, uh, you know, that kind of like parasocial bullshit that you're always kind of being invited by pop stars to do. This album is so fast and loose with all of its lyrics that like, it 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 feels less awkward to me, right? Because it feels kind of like everything is just her. Everything is just in service of propelling through a song or propelling over a beat. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, and that is yeah. good. Yeah. Actually, I think is what it took me a while to realize about <laughs> this album. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's like it's it's left more to. I guess the voices around the edges or the voiceovers or the interstitials to like kind of make overall sense of the song. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Like the, the kind of, it's like, she's, uh, 
there's it's kind of like she's the she's the like her vocals and the music itself are the record, but there is an MC or a like somebody presiding over it, as there would be like in an actual like dance party at you know like is I guess is like the overall feel that I've that that like the album gave me. Yeah. Um sort of like I'm being guided through this, not necessarily like, hey, this is like my lightning bolt of inspiration that I caught. Like it all it almost feels like, you know, in conversation with the things that it's supposed to be in conversation with. Yeah. Yes. Can okay. I want to pick up the another thread of what you said earlier about pandering because it's just like after okay you get what's it what is it the Carters which is an album that I was out of town uh, when that I was like not at work I was it's at a wedding honestly, I didn't like, have to write about it and I'm glad I didn't have to write about it because I don't like I the mean Carters. because <laughs> who could like it's like it is such a like I, like I it made sense to me one that Drake wrote on this album and work with her on this album, like, you know, like on the heated up record specifically, yeah. but like, it makes sense because it's just like such a looping back to making like what is like working right now in popular music after displaying that you have forked with what like, you know, the lay person, us common mortals understand like so severely that you gotta like, come back with something, you know, like for the peoples, for the girlies, you know? Yeah, I mean? for like, the girlies, so that's it though. That's totally what this album but yeah, is. It's for the girlies. Yeah, because right. like, you know, it's, it says everything is love is monogamy, the album. It's like pastel, like, you know, papyrus, <laughs> like we're dancing <laughs> next to, uh, you know, Mona Lisa's and we have billions of dollars and we don't need anybody else because we have, we could buy the moon and also the stars and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, totally, you know, Are you quoting Jimmy Stewart? <laughs> no, the I'm moon? literally just I'll, saying... I'll get you the moon. You want the star? <laughs> how much is it? I'll buy the I'll damn buy thing. <laughs> yeah, but no, there's... It's it's like... It was inaccessible. And like, you know, the I think the thing that I remember most from Everything is Love is like... Uh, the, the log line of conversation around it within the fandom being like, why do you always have to bring your ugly ass husband along? Like, you know, this is, <laughs> and this is like such, this is, this is a, Hey, I heard you type of record. Like, um, I like, it's very, you know, I'll, with, with, again, with plastic, at, you know, on the sofa slipped in there. Uh, <laughs> For the girlies. But yeah, like, it, just but no, but you know, like but you're, the whole like the whole like why you got to bring your husband along. It's sort of like look, two things happened back then, which is one, uh, Beyonce internalized and took way too seriously all those like Twitter compliments about her being the best rapper alive, like one. Oh man, because of what was it? Because of like because I like I remember that there like the like the shock. The shock when she when she put out that bow down record. Like when it was like, you know, oh, like, you know, she can she can rap as if a musically trained person again that has been making yeah. pop music <laughs> at the top life. of making pop music for as long as you 
have been alive could not then adopt a new style for a song or two. Right. Like there's a, like, you know, anyway, but then it was just like, you know, huh, best thing ever. And it's just like competent thing. Yes. Of, you know, that it's, but like, it's yes, again, yes, I absolutely agree with you that there's, she's just like, yeah, I actually am top five. But the second thing that happened, I think, with Everything is Love Right is she made a play. She made one of the, I, she made like the rare bad Beyonce play of thinking that she was compute, she was competing for her husband's fan base and also the fan base of like yeah. future and shit. And, it's yeah. sort of like that. That's the mistake of that album, and then some other stuff she does after that is the mistake of thinking it's like Obama twenty twelve right. still. And I, making it, it definitely is music. like you know, uh, <laughs> it's brunch music. It is such eleven thirty a.m. buzzed music. That's yeah. everything. In, like that's that everything. Music. Yeah. Uh, to your point about like her doing like you know oh I'm gonna try to do it future and you know what my trying to you know cannibalize my husband's fan base thing is that Future could do Drunken Love and Beyonce could not do Tony Montana yeah. like that's <laughs> yes, that's it that's it I, I mean you, I, you like, said it. and Future did do Drunken Love I encourage you to go search that out again because it is a perfect song <laughs> But it's sort of like, okay, you have those two miscalculations of Beyonce's part. And I think that's where the sense of what could be called pandering comes from, right? It's like she looked at the electoral college and said, look, we got to get the women and the gays back sort of like, we got to go back to our core demo. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of, <laughs> that's what Renaissance feels like. It's like her being like, how do we not throw the electoral college how do we not make this album my third strike? You know what I mean? I think that's what it feels like to me. She, she doubled really, down. No. Like, you know, I'm laughing because like, it feels like the quiet part that no one says <laughs> is saying like aloud. It is. <laughs> like, it's true. It just, and it's it a just, fair play. Yeah, because it's, it's just like, you realize that, you know, you, f you fucked up, you delivered the, like, you, you delivered the wings cold one time and people stopped coming back to your restaurant. And like, it's just like, we got to get back. And they didn't pan it. All this other shit. Yeah, exactly. And then it's just like, all right, well, you know, let's go back to like, we're going back to the, the basics. Like this is, and it works. I yeah. mean, again, like, again, it, it is a very, it's a very well-crafted album. It's like, I, it would be fun to dance to. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, File a claim right on the State Farm mobile app and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, I also think the other disorienting thing, right, is not just what I was saying about kind of the pace of it. Um, not the pace, like the pace in terms of song for song, right? The fact that it's a dance album. It's also that sense of like Beyonce. Um, the last few Beyonce albums, right? Basically since self-titled, right? I think the discourse or whatever we want to call it, I feel like the average Beyonce fan doesn't give a shit. They just like Beyonce music. But I think in terms of how critics talk about her, how people sort of chatting about Beyonce on the internet all day. It's sort of her music has assumed this level of like prestige and middle brow sort of signifier to it that, yeah, part of what's disorienting is that like, sure, you can over intellectualize dance music or house or disco or any of the components of this album. But this really does feel like it's a Beyonce album that after a decade of like, think piecing Beyonce to death kind of really explicitly resists the urge to do that. Or like if you try to approach Renaissance the way that critics try to approach something like self-titled or Lemonade, you're just going to have a bad time. Like it really does feel... I I sometimes hate it when people do the whole like, oh, that you got to hear it in the club. You can't... You y'all reviewing records behind the you got to hear it in the club. It's a 10, 10 album in the club. But this album actually, it is kind of like, look, if you try to sit down with it and like over intellectualize it to 2000 words, like you're kind of ruining the album by doing that. You know, I, I don't know. I kind of buy that. I kind of buy that defense with this album. And I don't know why. I think because when I was in my car trying to overthink the album or really trying to sort of like pick it apart, that's when I was having a bad time with it. And I had I started having a good time with it when I forgot that I'd even left it on loop. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And definitely as something that uh, comes up behind you and then comes over you, it works. But as something that you like that that you approach head on as an event album, it feels yeah. like slight or or, you know, like undercooked or disjointed or a mess or whatever. But like as something that you just kind of let wash over you, it works. Maybe that's why it's good. Because you're right. She didn't even release it. She didn't do the whole surprise drop thing. Like this is like she did the Here's this lead single. The album is out in two months. She basically did like a weekend album rollout for this one. And you're right. It maybe does serve the album that it wasn't released like a sort of big momentous, like this has to be the exception to all the music industry rules. And instead she sort of released it like how you supposed to release music, you know? Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, yeah, I, I, I like Renaissance. Um, it's, it's it's odd though. It's just a weird album. I don't know. I like that. Be- like I I went into this cycle thinking like, look, 
the weekend is out here flopping, like post is flopping. Like, I, I was sort of like, I don't know, man. Like Beyonce has, has in recent years had this like weird relationship where like she's good on streaming. She doesn't actually like chart that well on radio. You know, she like there is a world in which she could have this album could have been her third strike. And maybe you wouldn't have seen pans because people are scared to pan Beyonce, man. Nobody's out here <laughs> trying to. No one is about that life. No one's trying to pan Beyonce. <sighs> but like this could have been the album that Ninjas she dropped. come down on ropes, man. Like it's, <laughs> it's, not, it's seriously different. though. Yeah, it's different. It's like it wouldn't have been like, oh man, people are panning Beyonce, but it would have been, I think, kind of what you were hinting at earlier, which is like you know, are we moving on to something else? Are we looking for a new chapter in R&B at this point? And I think she actually came through. I, You know what I mean? Like, I think she actually you know, slid through. It would have, yeah, it would have been a lot of like, you know, oh, there she's saucing with her husband in a galaxy that we can't access again. <laughs> like, except that's not what we have this time. Wait, but can we talk um, more about like dance music and R&B in general? Because it, it is like, I don't know. People obviously talk about this album for instance, in conversation with that Drake album, right? Uh, honestly, Nevermind, which was Drake doing some like Jersey Club and house shit. And I don't want to get back into, we talked about that album, obviously, but to me, it's just like part of why Beyonce doing something weird but solid feels like a coup is because like, I don't know, man, like R&B is kind of in this weird state where like, like if Beyonce had flopped, right? The sort of lead, I mean, pop artist, yeah, but like sort of leading light of like mainstream, everybody knows who she is, female R&B. It, it, there's not like a ton of order right now in the universe for like black pop singers. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, so it's like, yeah. it's like everything is sort of... I mean, like it's like all of the, like everything that you, like the, the black American or American, quote unquote, the black pop artists that you would, you know, like that would be on that have rookie baseball cards, you know, that are still like, you know, in the game or whatever. Like their past releases have been very, like I was describing before, very slight, very like understated, like or have underperformed or not been like, you know, the world stopping events that, you know, you would expect them to be like I, I'd say I'm thinking like of obviously Kendrick Drake Beyonce at this point uh like Kanye everybody that has been like you know royalty so to speak is now kind of showing it's like you know it's year 21 in the league it's your, your your knees are like held together by it's two MacBook charges held together by some thatching. Like there's a year it's you're basically just kind of figuring it out, gut like gutting it out music wise, it almost feels like. Like I figuring out a way to turn left. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and that's probably why her doing something weird and well feels like a coup. It's like, you know, what if <clears throat> Wayne, instead of, you know, bleaching his locks and, you know, running, tr doing truck fit and rap rock records, like started 
he just made a he he did a one producer project with Flying Lotus out the blue, like you know, in, in the latter stages of his career. These are like the things that you wish might have happened, but okay. Drake being thirty five and making a club for like a record for the place that he goes that he summers at every year makes sense. Um, Beyonce making an album for her. I guess most vociferous and loyal fan base makes sense. It does. I look, I think there are a lot of different Beyonce touches a lot of different corners of music, whether you're talking about pop, pop, R&B, hip hop, whatever. It's just on the R&B tip for a second. If we can stay here, like, look, I think there's a problem. I want to address a problem, which is that I think there is a kind of, uh, fan of like there's a certain generation of hype beast right whose taste in R&B is entirely filtered through Drake and The Weeknd and basically like OVO sound right and this has created a problem where like if we work through with this like set Beyonce aside, right? Like Beyonce is her own leading light. She's not even really representative of the state of R&B. And I guess what I'm trying to say about like, what if Beyonce flopped and we had to sort of jettison her and figure out what sort of black sangin looks like without her? It's like, I don't know, on the male side of R&B, I, I feel like we live in this morass of post 2015 OVO sound you know what I mean? With like taste dictated by like people who were wearing ridiculous outfits to Kanye yeah, shows. Yeah, it's fucked R&B. It's like, fucked like R&B, it's, but it's, we haven't moved past that for some reason. Like that's that continues to be the like the haze of R&B. So it's to me, it's just sort of like you either fuck with that or you just pray that a Beyonce album sort of shuts down the internet for two months. You know what I mean? I mean like, or you are like, you know, at the like you are in a more like alternative, but alternative doesn't really feel right mean, because alternative R B is like traditional. Such, a, such a broad thing. It means nothing. Like yeah. it's but I, like it's more like it's it's more tra- like it's it's more traditional. Yeah, like it's like I don't know exactly when the roles like you know, flipped around, but like a, like the Steve Lacey album sounds yeah. more like a traditional yeah. R&B album yes. than, um, or the Sid, the, the, the recent, the most recent Sid album sounds more like a traditional R&B album than the Brent Fires album. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which just came out. Um, despite his wispy, uh, you know, ghoulish vocal runs like from the Sondra days over like it's I mean like it's more edging towards like the OVO type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh well I I like the way you put it, right, of like role reversal. Because I think that's really what I'm trying to say, right? Is that like if you take Jasmine Sullivan for interest for for instance, right? Like Jasmine Sullivan is like a traditional R and B artist, but because of the state mm-hmm. of R and B it's almost like Jasmine Sullivan is now the alt artist. Like when you talk about alt, you're really talking about the people who actually do like 
R&B we would have recognized into the 2000s. You know what I mean? Yeah, like not not like Division. Right, or, right. Like, or fucking <laughs> ma- like I, I just, I remember, you know what? It, if I get caught cheating, <laughs> that means. <laughs> you know what it is, my command? Is I remember so funny. back during the fucking, oh my God, like I said, OVO sound, OVO radio. I remember the first time I went to a Magic Jordan concert. You remember the, you remember Magic Jordan, the two niggas that the who yeah. did the, the hold on, we're going home, right? Mm-hmm. And this is like a few years after that. This is like more during the. If you're reading this, is I think when I saw them live in Brooklyn when I still lived in New York, and like these two these ninjas on stage could not have been any less charismatic. Like they just seem like two random dudes on stage. They're like, I mean, like the that vocals was also coming out of like that performance. Their enti- not- like their I like their whole thing was two random dudes in a like in black and and right. neck to to ankle black tracks black tracksuit black jersey material. Yeah. Um <laughs> with <laughs> with the with the low profile with the low profile hat on. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. just it's not, it don't matter what my face looks like, was the whole OVO thing. Like, it's just kind of uh, spooky, like, like spooky siren, light skin, big a voice from the darkness. <laughs> kind weak, of. It, with weak vocal, weak sort of enigmatic, mysterious <laughs> vocals more than sort of like, yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying Wispy. there wasn't, there's not, there wasn't anything interesting going on with OVO, but it's just that like that, it almost felt like a kind of anti R&B in a lot of ways to me. And I don't think that, I, I think R&B is in this weird state where it would be fine if that was like a phase or a trend at one point in the late 2010s. But instead it feels like the place where R&B got stuck. And I feel like there's a lot of reasons for that, right? I think like, the breakdown and the distinction even between rap, like post-Drake rap and post-Drake R&B is part of it. But it's just like, that to me is what remains the power of Beyonce album is that Beyonce, she she doesn't, she obviously doesn't suffer the thing that like Jazz Sullivan does, right? Where Jazz Sullivan's traditional, but she kind of feels like the outlier. It's like Beyonce, because of her stature, can always sort of swoop in and be like, no, I am R&B. I am the R&B. La, la c'est moi. You know what I mean? She can kind of swoop in and be like, no, actually, like, I am the mainstream. And actually, this is North. You niggas in tracksuits are, are weird. You know what I mean? Like, you guys are all, and like, this is how Sangin sounds. You know what I mean? I think that's the thing about Beyonce in a lot of ways. Yeah. We're on my standard time now. There's yeah. like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um I don't know. Talk about the little silver. Like, I, I want to hear more about like what what that contrast you were illuminating though between these two albums. Well, you know how, like, the Beyonce album is sort of a feat of sequencing and like expert curation, um, where it doesn't seem like it's like her, like her, like the forcefulness of her voice not necessarily like the unity of her vision is like what keeps the album propelled f- propelling forward um like just sort of like presence 
the Beyonce-ness of it is like what drives it, like propels it forward, along with like yeah. it being well produced and all the like everything else. Yeah. But like the Lil Silver record is a dance record, but it's like, you know, it sounds as if like he's sort of at the center of like this swirling pastiche of his own like his own versions of dance music like because there's like he's at this point he's made a bunch of different kinds like it feels like soulful but also industrial but then occasionally like your feet are on the sand but then like your head is in a cirrus cloud but it all sounds like Lil Silva like a Beyonce like the Beyonce record sounds like a dance record that Beyonce made like a Lil the Lil Silva album sounds like a Lil Silva album just because like by dint of him being uh, like him like having roots in like the UK dancing having produced it for over a decade um, but anyway like the, the album's called Yesterday is Heavy which is a shortened uh, version of like the adage of yesterday is heavy so put it down um, and like there are like I'd say like the highs on it for me, I want to emphasize, are higher than any of the ones on the Beyonce album. I mean, like, it's got its skips, you know? I can't, like, Colors, like, has a good back end, but it's, like, it takes getting through, like, this this kind of thoughtful, plinking, pensive in intro where he's, like, singing colors 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 who am i who are you who are we like last time i checked we all bleed the same colors 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 it's just like you know very corny i was just like ah. mm -hmm. but then like there are records that feel like actual revolution like you feel like you're getting more free mm -hmm. like what if is like um what if is like you know let's like stomping on top of like i want to i want to stomp on top of something type shit like the when skyfall like the the, the featured artist on the skyfall and it's just like the way he says who we have for blame for this shit is like it feels very like visceral like he's trying to exercise something in a way that i like but you know like there's dance music with harder edges yeah. but then also like there is these like the more soulful like emotive, like Sampha is all over it, you know. Mm -hmm. It's like he's like Lil Silva's work with everyone from like Kano to Adele. So that's the kind of thing that you could expect. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. I'm, the hard edges part makes it sound interesting to me. And also, it's just funny because then it made me think of our combo about the Drake album and how, like, I remember my it's sort of like, I talked to Charles Holmes about it too, but like when we were talking, I think a little bit about it, I just kept coming back to this idea of like the good ideas on the Drake album suffer from the fact that it's so sanded down. It feels so kind of like cut and stepped on. Mm -hmm. And the Beyonce album, again, it doesn't have, it maybe doesn't have the hard edges of this Lil Silva album, but it at least for somebody who's not going to engage with that and who's only going to engage with like the big top line, like Beyonce, Drake, like I think the advantage of the Beyonce album is that it does feel like it has more elbows than that Drake album, at least in terms yeah, of, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, 
Yeah. She has two elbows, at least, if nothing else. There's like, there's definitely like, there are individual songs on the Beyonce record that are really going to get your attention. That yeah. didn't happen on, like, you know, honestly, never mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, until the very end. Until the very until, end. Like, until, Jimmy Co- until Jimmy Cooks comes on, you're kind of just skating through it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm also, like I said, just thinking more about what you said at the very beginning, the sort of difference between the kind of artist who is a participant in something, right? Because music music is scenes, right? Music is genres and traditions and shit. And like, so for instance, we might have talked about this before. I don't remember. Um, Vince, right? When Vince made Big Fish Theory, right? He's doing like a ton of dance mm-hmm. music on that album. But that's an album that I think really benefits from the fact that it's like, you have all the sort of producers. It's like, there's a diversity of producers. There's a real sense that like Vince made that album with a sense of like, oh man, I need to get like the right people to help me figure out how to go about experimenting with this kind of music that I otherwise like is not my wheelhouse, right? And that that was mm-hmm. Vince being like, that was Vince Staples being a participant in something. And that's kind of what the grooves of that album that's what feels good about that album to me, right? It feels like truly collaborative. Um, and yeah, the Beyonce album is just different. It really does. People can joke all they want about like, you know, there being like 20 credited producers per song on the Beyonce album, but it does feel so much more singular and so much more, like you said, it's like, She's not a participant. She's a deity. She's a deity who came out of the sky. Yeah, it's impossible for Beyonce to be in the cut. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, it's not like you <laughs> can't be Beyonce and make a chill album. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. So it's, like, it's just not something that works. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, for, like, Four by Money, like, like I said, Yesterday is Heavy is the better dance record, but, like, um, like Renaissance makes sense and like the like the heritage of like, you know, those nineteen eighties disco records, like the seven song players from your favorite songstress. Yeah. Um Yeah. Uh that's all I got, man. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, like it's, you know, that's that's all that's all I got. That's all I got on the Beyonce and those silver albums. Um Listeners, by all means, email us your thoughts about Renaissance, Beyonce in general. Soundonlypod at gmail.com. Email us about other things, what you think we should talk about next week, the week after that, whatever. I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Micah Peters. Shouts out to our producer, Stefan Anderson. We'll see you all next week.